Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Towel. Some might say a big episode. Uh, I'm your host, Armin Heritunian, back with uh, two co-hosts today. Uh, guys, introduce yourself quickly. Uh, I'm Brennan Cole, uh, part of the Brain Trust here at The Towel. Um, very excited about the the new direction that we're that the program took a step in today. Um, this is my this is this was my second season covering the team, um, and I'm excited for for a new era of Georgetown basketball. How's it going, everybody? I'm John. I'm back from last episode. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you probably know who I am, but now you hear my voice, so way better for you that way. Um, this is my this will be my th- fourth season covering the team, third at Georgetown. Uh, yeah. Four. This upcoming season. This upcoming season will be my fourth. Oh, I'm gonna fair, be fair, fair, fine. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, um, um, it's a big episode. Yeah, you, it is a huge episode. Uh, like Brandon, I think I'm also excited. Um, I can't say. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anyone at this stage can say they're upset or disappointed at the stage of the program. Um, and that they got uh, Cooley. There could be arguments made. I guess we'll just dive right in. Um, yeah, there'll be yeah there'll, there'll be arguments made that you know giving him six million dollars is not the most efficient allocation of resources and that he's overpaid and all this jazz. But at the end of the day, even though they do raise the tuition five percent every year, it's not my money, uh, and so they can do whatever whatever they want with it. And so we got him. Uh, he probably wasn't the best flat out coach available on the market, but he's probably the best fit on the market. So I'm happy yeah. uh, and I'm excited to see where he, he leads us. Yeah. So, so uh, if you've been living under a rock as we're recording this, just shy of 7 PM on Monday, uh, Georgetown announced this afternoon that Ed Cooley is the next head coach um, of the men's basketball program. And I'd say this is huge. I think we can all agree. This is a very large step in the right direction for Georgetown men's basketball. Um, Ed Cooley, definitely a name that's been connected to this program for a pretty significant time, finally gets his shot to actually, you know, be the coach. Uh, Brendan, what say you? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the Cooley discourse has been going around uh, Hoya Twitter for a long time. Uh, you guys were all over it last episode, uh, talking about the likelihood and how um, – Patino was seems pretty much locked up to St. John's now is officially going to St. John's. Um, and I think this is, this is massive. It's good to see that like the incompetence that we've seen in the basketball program um, isn't trickling into this decision and that this was made on like a, on a higher level, I guess um, with the university, even, even in the, in the press release today, couple, couple of typos, uh, Cooley's Cooley's record at Providence and the date of his introductory press conference, which we will not, be going to. Not not as um, bad as it could have been, though. I think we've seen worse. No, yeah, I'm I'm surprised they didn't uh, misspell his name on the graphic. But um, from from the top down, this is this is a great decision that needed to be made. He's the perfect guy to come in and um, lead us into the new era of Georgetown basketball. Not super old, um, like a Patino, as much as we would have wanted that. Um, but obviously, tons of Big East experience and brought Providence into actual relevance in the conference. So, if we can we can return to the same thing, I think big things could be coming uh, next three to five years for for us. Yeah, John, what do you think? 
I, I mean, I think Brandon hit on a lot of key points there. Um, obviously, yeah, the biggest experience is huge. Um, and I think an underrated part of it that I saw some very fair takes about it um, is that it kind of brings a, a sense of rivalry back to the conference. Not that they're, not that the Big East is dead, um, but just sort of like the old Big East that I grew up with and that my parents grew up with. Obviously, it'll never be what it was once was with Georgetown, Syracuse, St. John's, Villanova, like that. But having Georgetown and potentially St. John's with Rick Pitino now coming back with really experienced coaches, guys that have won in different places and have built programs all across the country who know how to win and could potentially bring us back into the limelight of the national stage, I think it's huge. Um, and even in, if it's not right away or even in a couple in, in a couple of years, it's it's a huge step for both programs, but especially for Georgetown. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't think anybody's denying that this is a very good hire here. Um, I mean, Ed Cooley has proven a lot. One thing that I think a lot of people have been talking about though is his tournament record, and I think we should touch on that there. Um, I mean, in twelve years, he's made one Sweet Sixteen. Granted, he did a great job getting there and that year he was national coach of the year and so on. He's definitely had his fair share of tournament tournament appearances, but it is that sole sweet 16 run for a $6 million coach, something we should be concerned about. I honestly, I mean, obviously first we have to worry about um, getting back into the tournament. Um, it's, it's a little bit concerning, but we're not going to find a perfect, like ready-made hall of famer coach, unless uh, it was going to be Patino. Um, there wasn't going to be like a, a perfect coach or a coach who has an illustrious, uh, type of tournament record that's available. Like those, those guys go to blue, blue bloods and they usually tend to stay there. Um, so in terms of where the Georgetown brand is at right now, I think this is pretty much as good as we could have possibly done. Um, and I think with the resources that the school should have and probably does have, but we just haven't seen it for the past six years, um, we can get out of that uh, first round exit that kind of plagued Kulia Providence. That first round exit also plagued Georgetown the last 20 years too. Um, yeah. But no, I, I agree. Um, I do think there's something to be said for, as much as people, uninformed people, no, uh, all due respect, uninformed people on Twitter, both Providence fans and just college basketball fans who think it's a lateral move or a downgrade going from Providence to Georgetown, as biased as I am, you're downright insane if you think that's a lateral or a downgrade. Um, and I do think there is something to be said for the DMV recruiting land. Uh, now, obviously, I'm not suggesting that just by hiring Cooley, Georgetown's going to magically start recruiting the DMV a lot better. But I think anything is better than what Patrick Ewing did. All due respect, I love Patrick Ewing as a, as a person, but he didn't recruit the DMV at all. Uh, if you count Dante Harris, I guess um, and he's now gone and he's going to be a beast for Virginia next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a huge part of it. I don't know too much about. I don't keep my really my pulse on the high school recruiting trail locally, um, but that'll be a huge part of his success early on. And I do think in regards to the tournament. Obviously, like Brendan was saying, we're more concerned about just winning and getting to a tournament before we care about winning in a tournament. That'll take a couple of years at a minimum. Um, but I, I do think it's it's a it's a fair concern to have, fair reservation to have. Um, but at the same time, I think if you let Cooley build the program the right way and you let him just build how he wants it to build without 
you know, the hands of the administration, you know, how I feel about the administration and things like that, but uh, I don't want to go off on the record on here. Um, get my name out there, but uh, I think if he's able to just do it unfettered, I think he'll have a lot of success and obviously it'll take time. This program's in the gutter right now, even with a new coach. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a fair reservation to have, but you got to give him a chance to, to break the mold with, a, with more resources. So, with the reported number, I mean, John, I know you've done more digging on this, but the reported number sits around $6 million. He's going to be one of the top three to five highest paid coaches in the country. I definitely do see a little concern there, but also Providence does have somewhat of a ceiling, and I think there's some kind of understanding there. And let's be honest, for those tournament runs where he lost in places where he probably shouldn't have or maybe we would like to have seen him do more it wasn't like he was losing to dunk city or i mean davidson is another thing say it's steph curry but there, he's he didn't lose to mid-major teams or low major teams he was losing to kentucky's he was losing to the real cream of the crop crop programs so so for me i think that with his new resources we have to give him a chance before we can really say you know, this this was either an overpay, which, to be fair, I don't think there is such a thing as an overpay because it's not my money, as you said before, John. Um, but I think we need to give it a second before we start um, going down that route. But, you know, with, with the news that Rick Pitino got hired at St. John's quite literally minutes after Georgetown put out a statement saying they hired Ed Cooley, um, you know, I, I was wondering, and I want to get your guys' take on this, is this something we're going to regret, you know, five years down the line? And, and Brendan, I want to go to you first on this because you're probably our, you know, most outspoken Patino supporter. So, like, do you think we're going to regret this? I don't think we had any choice other than this. So there, it's going to be hard for there to be something to regret. Um, Patino, obviously, New York guy. Um, people have been talking about us as well as St. John's for a long time. But um, as things started to clear up, especially in the last couple of months, it seemed like it was destiny for him to go there. I am I am scared uh, to go into MSG uh, with a packed crowd at, with uh, Patino patrolling the sidelines. Um, but at the same time, I I understand the reservations that some people in within the Georgetown fan base had going in with in terms of him being 70 years old and that probably just being like for the most part a stopgap and like a bridge into the next era of the program um st john's hasn't been able to figure it out in a long time i i mean we can't say much but we can say that about them um and i'm not i'm not too worried about it i'm i'm really just excited for the state of the big east right now three teams in the sweet 16 and then having these two coaching hires be the, the first uh, real big dominoes to fall um, in the, in the coaching uh, transfer portal. Um, so, and Cooley's already out there recruiting. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And I'm, I'm happy for a little bit of a big East revival, especially like from our end. Yeah. J John, just before you hop in here, um, breaking news on the towel, uh, Eddie Lampkin, Lampkin, right. That's how you say his name. Uh, Eddie Lampkin Jr. from TCU has committed to play for Ed Cooley. 
Uh, this comes just hours after the Cooley hire. So I think, uh, as you mentioned, uh, recruiting, he's already hitting the ground running. But uh, Is that official? Tina. I there are reports I, it, on it's Twitter. on Twitter, but the the guy who tweeted it has 128 followers and claims to write for Arizona basketball. Which, unless Eddie Lankwitz from Arizona, I don't know. I don't know how this guy would know. So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt for now. I did see that he was given a crystal ball, and that obviously there was interest in him between him and Providence before Cooley officially took the job. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I just I don't know if that's we're not. I don't know if I'd call that confirmed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then. Uh... My apologies on that. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Maybe by the time this comes out tomorrow, we'll have uh, more news. He is he is uh, verified, whatever that means today. Um, I think he's but, got Twitter blue. Yeah, close enough. Um, better than us. But, yeah, I, on the front of Patino, I think we should also talk about a guy like uh, Micah Shrewsbury in this conversation, which is another direction that the administration could have gone in. I guess I'll go to John I'll go to you now. Like, is is again is not hiring a younger guy or a more talented coach going to bite us in the ass? And you know, in a couple of years. Well, all right. So I'm. So those are two different questions. So I, I kind of want to dive in. I'm going to go to the Patino side of it, and then the younger coach side of it first. Um, so the Pati- on the Patino side of it, I don't know if regret is the word I would use because I do think that. Cooley's a fantastic coach. I, I, again, I do think six million is a, a bit egregious for a guy like of his stature. I'll do respect to Coach Cooley. Um, I'm really excited he's here, but six million is a lot of money. Um, but at the same time, I do think, and I understand the moral qualms and transgressions that Rick Coutinho has made in his life. Um, me personally, uh, I think part of the Jesuit values and the Catholic values are rehabilitating people and just taking care of people and taking care of each other. And I think if you're Georgetown and you want to go rebuild your program, I don't think you can go the route of Ed Cooley without at least even acknowledging Rick Pitino's presence on the coaching market, uh, which is what they did. Um, and I mean, I can't, I, I can't say I'm surprised that they did that. And I don't think necessarily regrets the right word. I just think Rick Pitino not getting at least a look is a bit disappointing. I'll say, um, I, again, I don't think this isn't a shot at Ed Cooley at all. I think Ed Cooley is going to be really successful here. And like I said on I think my opening statement, I think he's probably the best fit. Um, but at the same time, Rick Pitino is just a guy that's going to give you a shot in the arm. Now, in regard to the younger coaches, you were saying like Shrewsbury or someone like Kim English. I mean, I think Cooley's definitely a safer play. It's definitely a lot lower risk. Maybe you can make the argument that it's a lower ceiling. Um, but I mean, a sweet 16 is a pretty darn high ceiling. Uh, I know Michael Shrewsbury just made the round of 32 in his second year at Penn state, which is really impressive. Um, but I think it looks like he's going to end up at Notre Dame or it's, or stay at Penn state. Um, right now it looks like Notre Dame, but, um, no, I'm not upset that they got Cooley. I think Cooley's 53. He's got at least, I'm not sure what his contract length is. Georgetown probably won't report it because they don't have to, but he's got the better part of a decade at the very, very least left in the tank. Um, so I, I don't think will regret going younger or you know, going coolly instead of younger coach. Yeah. Um, I, personally, I, I think Cooley is just the best hire. Um, and I ask that just because there are so many people in this fan base who are so attached to Ed Cooley and later on to Michael Shrewsbury after that run of the big 10 tournament, and then winning the game in, uh, 
in the NCAA tournament. And honestly, I agree with you guys. I don't think it's something that we're going to look, you know, a couple years down the line, especially because I don't, I actually think people are a little too high on uh, Rick Pitino. I mean, Um, especially going to a job like uh, St. John's, but I do think that is a little disappointing that the school, the administration was so against going to a Rick Pitino. So I just think it's something that we're going to have to look out for. And we're always going to have looming over our heads. If, you know, since these guys are hired in the same cycle, it, in my mind, I'm always going to compare the two, even though the programs are completely different that they're going to, it's just going to loom over our heads. I feel like, you know, we maybe could have gone down a different road. Um, I'm, I'm also going to switch gears a little bit here. If you've been on Twitter, which both of you have, and I think we're having a lot of fun with this, there's a lot of toxicity coming out of the Providence fan base right now. Is Cap One going to sell out when Providence comes to town? Um, No, it won't ever sell out. I actually don't think – I mean, I, I know that question wasn't phrased as literally as it sounded. Um, yeah, but obviously. I, I mean, I'll say this. And this is going to be a really unpopular take in terms of in, in on Georgetown Twitter, but I don't think their anger is unfounded. I'll say that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm unhappy that Ed Cooley is our next head, head basketball coach, but I think you'd be a fool if you thought Georgetown didn't approach this process. I'll say like unethically. I'm not going to say Georgetown shouldn't have gone after Cooley, and I'm not going to say that you know if he's the best candidate, you don't go after him, but. I think the way it was handled was pretty poor on, on everyone's ends. Uh, I do have a lot of respect for the Providence athletic director, Steve Napolillo and how he handled it. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say again, that I'm like a Providence fan that I'm backing them up for being upset on Twitter. Um, but at the same time, I'm happy that he's the coach. Um, you know, there's, there's both sides to it and I understand both sides to it. It's certainly going to create a robbery and we can debate on whether or not that's a healthy way to start a robbery, but it's certainly going to start a robbery. Um, yeah, those games are certainly going to be interesting next year. Uh, I think a true Georgetown fashion, I don't care who Providence gets. They're going to beat us that first meeting by like 40 points just because we're Georgetown. That's how we do things. Um, and we're going to look like fools on national television, but yeah, it'll be fun. Eternally optimistic. John really coming in with the heavy hitter there. John, if if Providence beats us at Cap One next year, I I would be shocked. I would be shocked. Um, but Brendan, what do you think about this rivalry? I'm here for all the beef. I'm here for all the beef. We need a good beef. It's right now. It's like we're at least at Georgetown. People are going to get up for the Syracuse game. Um, they'll get up for a Villanova game if they're good, and maybe get up for a UConn game with people traveling back from New York. Um, if we can add Providence to that list, I know it's um, a smaller school, but I, I thoroughly enjoy rivalries and I will, I will take uh, any, any chance at them that we can get. And also on the, on the unethic, uh, unethical uh, argument, I would say it's not like we're Ole Miss here, like hiring Chris Beard after he's like doing some really bad stuff and, and getting arrested like we're hiring a good guy who just happened to be like the king of providence and from there um so from our perspective i think it's really funny 
uh, that we, we stole their guy in the way we did. But I also don't think this is like some big shady thing that's going to be like investigated by the NCAA or something like that. I think um, if you're stealing a coach within the conference, which has never happened before in the Big East, you kind of have to be like this and, and keep it um, under wraps. But I, I feel great about it. Like Again, feed me all the beef possible. I love it. Yeah, personally, I could not care less how a rivalry starts. The fact that these games are going to get heated, and we know that, just I'm all for it. I'm already planning a trip up to Providence just to go to, you know, the dunk or whatever it is to watch that game because that is going to be theater. Um, But, yeah, I I genuinely think that – look, it it makes sense how hard this hit the Providence fans. Um, I mean, the the guy built the program from – I'm not going to say nothing, but not an amazing place to be more or less a perennial tournament team. And that says a lot at a place like Providence. Um, So I guess I understand it, but I'm all for it. As you said, Brendan, like it is, it is bringing Big East basketball back. And I'll, I'll go with this now. Like, do we think that this is going to be, and I know, I know John's going to disagree with me, I think, but is is this the new rivalry, like the true rivalry of Georgetown? I know we'll always have Syracuse, but will people care more about this? Um, I don't know that I disagree with you about that. I, uh, I think I will disagree with you on that. I, I do think that in time it'll cool down. I mean, I'm not going to say people are going to forget about it, but I think certainly it'll be. Still, Syracuse, if that's assuming that's still on the schedule now that Bayheim and Ewing are gone, I'm not really sure what that's going to look like, but I can't imagine either of those teams want to let go of that rivalry, even though they're out of the conference. Um, but me personally, I would still see Georgetown Villanova, uh, and even maybe Georgetown St. John's still as big a rivalries, um, than Georgetown Providence. I, I obviously the Cooley factor is huge, but I think that would be more so just in that first meeting than an extended period of time. Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, um, I I think it really does have a good chance to become our leading rivalry in the next couple of years, um, especially if, if the, the Providence fans continue to be um, this kind of hostile about it, which don't get me wrong, I would be too if I were in their shoes. Thank God I'm not. Um, but uh, I think the Bayheim factor is a little um, – little understated i know i know there's there's definitely been some criticism in the last couple of years about um how he's been doing with the team but at the end of the, at the end of the day this guy was getting into tournaments every year as like a 10 and 11 seed and making runs to elite eight final four um whatever you want to say and i think having a new face there kind of kind of uh changes the rivalry a little bit i mean it's already been changed um, so many times now, but the only constant really was Jim Beheim. So um, I think I definitely think that this has the potential to to take over for for that rivalry that has been such a fixture for us. I also want to pitch a new possible rivalry. I know it is a rivalry already, but we don't play them. There's been a little bit of talk about uh, Georgetown, Maryland, finally reaching the schedule. Are are we for that? I mean, I don't really know how you could be against it. Uh, I mean, I guess 
if we play them and we start getting shit kicked, then maybe it wouldn't look good for local recruits, I guess. But otherwise, yeah, I, I don't really see how you could be against that rivalry. That'd be great. It'd be something I'd, I've been clamoring for for a while. I don't remember exactly what year it was. The last time we played them, I believe, might have been 2015, 2016, maybe 2016, 2017. But all I remember is Mellow Trimble and a close game. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see that rivalry come back. I think Georgetown should play more DMV teams than American University. All due respect to American, they beat us this year. Good program. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see them play Maryland. Uh, regularly scheduled in non-conference. Obviously, would love to see them keep Syracuse. I know I heard what Brennan was saying about the Bayheim factor, but I'd love to see that rivalry continue. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've seen the last couple of years – this team has struggled so much and they've scheduled just absolute cupcake non-conference schedules to the point where we've sucked so bad that fans and these students who don't know any better and haven't seen any, any semblance of success of Georgetown basketball are screaming and jumping wild at the sight of Georgetown kicking Coppin State's butt in overtime in the season opener last year while I'm sitting there in my chair wondering why all these kids are so happy that we're squeaking by Coppin State. We should be beating these teams by 25, 30 points on the regular. So it's frustrating, but yeah. Let's go back to your well, original question. I would like, like to see I, Maryland on the schedule. I guess the argument and the reason why I don't think it's a certainty is because like it's kind of got the same effect as like playing a GW, right? Where if you beat them, great, like even better. But if not, it just doesn't look good. Right. And that's the reason why it's been held off the schedule for so long. And as far as I've heard, it's more from the Maryland side. And we always do. Uh, we always do call over there and they don't they don't agree to. I mean, I've heard they don't even pick up the phone, but it's. Uh, there's nothing I'd like to see more if Cooley just injects any kind of energy, especially in the student body, to then, you know, us taking the metro up to College Park. It doesn't Metro go up to College Park. I don't know. Just taking a ride up to College Park and developing that real true rivalry and just instead of just saying, oh, they're the best team uh, in a relative proximity to us. Like, I, I think that could only do good things, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, get I agree. Yeah, finding, finding something um... – closer geographically to get involved in in terms of a rivalry um would definitely be exciting and as cool it is as cool as it is to uh contend in games with umbc um probably probably be a little more fun to have some battles with with maryland um and i think if yeah if the fan base gets into that that could be something that um would be helpful for recruits down the line yeah and and i mean it's uh my, my main point around this is I think Ed Cooley's biggest job while we want to see him win games is to just re-inject energy into the fan base and building a rivalry like that really would help do that. Um, I guess the final thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is just about some players. Um, we saw Jared Bynum enter the transfer, transfer portal, you know, an hour after Ed Cooley was uh, announced as Georgetown's head coach. Are we going to be okay when half of Providence's roster joins Georgetown? Uh, I mean, again, I, I know that question wasn't as literal as it sounded, but I don't no, think. Again, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I personally would love to see a guy like Devin Carter, Bryce Hopkins end up here somehow. I don't think either of those guys are that realistic right now, even if Providence's entire staff follows Cooley. Uh, those guys are so good, and I don't think they would pick Georgetown over a, a lot of really good programs that they'll get interest from should they enter the portal. Um, but Jared Bynum's not someone not someone I'd be that interested in, um, as good as he is, and he t- helped take Providence to the Sweet 16. Um, sort of a defensive liability. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not really interested in that kind of guy um, coming to our team. Likewise, Eddie Lampkin. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I don't know what the rumors were. I'm not really sure of the specifics. I didn't read too much into the situation, so apologies if I seemed uninformed of the situation. But what I saw was that he left the TCU program before the season ended, uh, and TCU was not – Georgetown TCU is good. They almost beat Gonzaga this past weekend advanced to the Sweet 16. So I'm not sure what his reasoning was um, for leaving the program, but it can't be a good reason. Um, at least you know what I mean. It can't be. Has to be a serious reason. Uh, there has to be some sort of background behind it. So I don't know if we want that sort of baggage following to Cooley's first season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to get a guy like Devin Carter, or Bryce Hopkins down here. I think Bryce Hopkins would probably be the most talented player we've had since John Thompson III was the coach, I would think. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, a couple bigger-name guys are picking up Lampkin to Georgetown, so I do think we can confidently say that's happening. Um, Next, next Bryce in the zone. <laughs> you think so? Coming in, yeah. You think so? <laughs> uh, hey, I, I, I like Bryce in the zone for first two games when he actually – uh, played half decent. Um, yeah, I, I, no, no, no. Yeah, coming with coming up with um uh, with the bone zone was um. Yeah, it was great. Might have been a highlight. Might have been a highlight of his tenure here at Georgetown. I, but, I think so. Uh, <laughs> we'll take we'll take guys. We'll take guys. So yeah, I, I I like my final point on this is I just kind of feel like if he's coming with Ed Cooley, I feel like there has to be something like some sort of redeeming quality because Ed Cooley's a real head coach and he's a program builder. He's not just a guy like I hate to say it, but Patrick Ewing, I don't think they were scouting guys as hard as we would have liked to. And that that's just me making a pure conjecture, but some of these guys definitely were not what we expected them to be. And I can't believe Ed Cooley would do the same thing. So I I'm going to welcome any transfer with open arms as I would have last year and the year before that. I'm, I'm just curious to see how many Providence guys follow suit. That's fair. Uh, I do want to say just, you know, again, I'm not defending Patrick Ewing as a coach, but I will say if there's one thing Patrick Ewing, in my opinion, at least Patrick Ewing could do effectively as a head coach is, is he could identify talent. Uh, His recruiting classes were never that, top like highly rated he never pulled in aside from Amina Muhammad never pulled in that highly ranked recruits but he definitely could identify talent uh he flipped Jamarco Pickett he brought in Javon Blair both really not highly sought after guys on the recruiting trail both turned out to be wildly successful players even though they're not in the league they were good college basketball players Dante Harris obviously great player I'm not really sure what happened to Kudus Wahab but his first two years under Ewing he was a good player um so yeah that's completely unrelated to the discussion but I do want to put that on the record that I'd I do think Patrick Ewing is a good talent evaluator, um, uh, and I wish him the best. I hope he's 
enjoying life on a beach somewhere with his buyout money. All that buyout money. Okay. I think that's a good place to call it. Do you guys have like a final statement, a little word of enthusiasm towards uh, this hiring? Yeah, I love it. I'm happy. Um, happiest I've been in a while and excited for a new era. I was thinking right before we, right before we sign off, we could do a little uh, final four and uh, championship picks segment. Fair. Okay. I like that. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll start it off. All so, right. all right. First region, Bama. I had them winning the whole thing. I'm, I'm riding with that. They still look insane. Brandon Miller hasn't even been playing um, out of his mind, and I still think they're going to take that region. Um, the one below that, I always forget the region names. Um, East. East. I'm going to go with um, Izzo, Mr. March. Wild, wild, wild pick, but we need, a, we need a big seed in there. And as much as uh, K-State singing uh, Low Down by Lil Baby is cool, um, I, I, I think that Izzo is going to take that over, uh, over a relatively inexperienced coach. Uh, the one that's in the upper right corner, I'm going with Texas. I had them before, too. I just like the way that Shaka has his team playing right now. They have a ton of energy. Um, and then bottom right corner, um, man, I – Initially had Gonzaga, and I'm going to change my pick to UCLA. I like the way that they've been playing. I think that they can, I think they can take out Gonzaga if they can handle Timmy. And I, I feel like the Arkansas uh, UConn part of the bracket is a little bit weaker. I know you guys might disagree on that, but and yeah, I'll have of Bama taking it over Texas as I had initially. I'm going to almost wholeheartedly disagree. And I also do want to put on the record, Shaka Smart is no longer the coach of Texas. I know that was a gap. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to uh, say that. Yeah, he is at Marquette. Rodney Terry. Rodney Terry. Rodney there Terry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> took, took you a second. Yeah. He is no longer the coach of Texas. Uh, and I do want to say, for the record, I did have Michigan State beating Marquette. Uh, so I was really happy to see that go through. Uh, I'll say I – agree though the only thing i do agree with b cole on is alabama is 100 percent going to the final four i would although i will say this I, I do think they're gonna win but i think if any team and any team style could challenge alabama's very like just naturally flowing offense it's san diego state they have really they have big they have really good bigs and really disruptive guards matt bradley is excellent uh, i think they're going to have a chance to disrupt Alabama's rhythm on offense. And I do think Alabama squeaks out the win, but I think that game's going to be tight and down to the wire. Uh, I don't think Creighton or Princeton are going to challenge them in that region. They go to the Final Four easy. I'm going to disagree. I love coaches, though, and I have them in the Sweet 16. I have Tennessee in the Final Four. I think Rick Barnes' squad, underrated, overlooked, because they lost to Kai Ziegler. Um, obviously, now they're in the Sweet 16, and they're playing FAU, who, all due respect to Dusty May, I don't think they're going to challenge Tennessee in that game. Uh, Midwest... I got Houston winning it all, so I'm sticking with it. Houston all the way. West region, I had UConn in the final four in my bracket, sticking with it. They look hot. Uh, I even I'm even though I'm a Georgetown fan, when it comes to tournament time and we're never in it, I always root for the Big East. And even without that bias of them being in my final four in my bracket, uh, I do think purely they're a top five team in terms of talent in the country. And I'll debate anyone on that. I think they're deep. I think they can do it all. Uh, I have Alabama, Houston, and UConn in the Final Four. I had Kentucky in the Final Four, unfortunately, but I like Tennessee to get out of that region now. 
and I like Houston to top Alabama in the national championship. I, I, I like your picks, John. I'm not going to lie. Um, I will say I think actually Creighton's going to give Alabama a tough run. For some reason, I just think Creighton is going to put it all together at some point um, and at least contend with Alabama. But I would agree with you guys that Alabama is going to is going to get to the final four um, in whatever that bracket right below them is. I really like Jerome Tang in Kansas state. I think them going to uh, going to MSG with that core group of guys from New York will make them almost unstoppable against uh, Izzo's team, even though Izzo just feeds in March. Um, but so, yeah, I think uh, Kansas state goes there. I'm I'm gonna make a hot take. I think Arkansas gets to the Final Four. I I had uh, I was an idiot and took Kansas, and that's not working out for me. But I I think Arkansas proved that they have a very talented lineup that can contend with basically anybody there. And then finally, I I'm just gonna stick with Houston. I I think uh, Marcus Sasser and uh, Kelvin Sampson are just pieces of a championship puzzle that yes, Texas and uh, Terry are doing amazing. As of now, I think Houston is just going to walk over them. And then my final pick is the easy pick. It's Alabama. I I just don't think anybody's really going to, going to get in their way. Roll tide, Um, baby. Roll tide. I just don't think after all the controversy, I just don't think God and the good people up in heaven will let that happen. They'll they'll win, but just storylines, I don't think I don't think they'll let it happen. Or or for the sake of the storyline, it will. Um but yeah, I, I think we should cut it off there. Um thank you as always for listening to the towel. If you like what you heard, uh follow us at Thompson's Towel. Um or us individually at Armin Hertunian at John Kirchin underscore and it's uh, at B Cole something right? What's what, Brendan? What's your Twitter? Bre- Brendan Cole two hundred five. Ah, ah, there it is. This was made in this was made in second grade. So okay, fair, fair. Could be worse. Could be worse. Yep. Um, but yeah, if, if you like what you heard, follow us uh, on Twitter. Like, follow, do all that stuff, and. I think we're in an amazing place, guys. Voice Axa. Voice Axa. So I'm coming in here after the fact, just for a little correction. Um, there have been some contradictory reports on the status of Eddie Lampkin. And as of now, we're unable to confirm, even though some people have said, um, come out and said that he is committing to Georgetown. Just want to clear that up. If we don't have an answer by the time this releases, I do think he is a very uh, – there's a very high likelihood that he does come to Georgetown, but it's just something we got to watch out. We just want to make this correction. Have a good one.